0: There have been several Nashville Predators players mentioned this season for both the Calder and Vesna Trophy. On today's Locked On Predators, we're gonna take a closer look at my pick for the Calder since Tanner Jeannot was not a finalist. And we're gonna discuss whether UC Soros may be Nashville's next Vesna winner.
1: Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators.
0: Thank you for making Locked on Predators your first listen of the day. I am Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at ontheforecheck.com. I am usually joined by my partner in crime, Nick Morgan. Nick is wrapping up a well deserved and what sounds like a fabulous vacation, and he'll be back with us soon. But I am flying solo today, and we are going to be talking about NHL end of the season awards today and tomorrow. We're going to be taking a look at some of the major awards and the Nashville Predators that have been associated with these awards. Today, I am joined by two very special guests. J.D. Hernandez is going to be joining me first. He is the host of Locked on Anaheim Ducks. Since Jeno was not a finalist, I was curious to hear more about my call picks rookie season so i'm joined now by spicy jd host of locked on anaheim ducks we've had quite an interesting pre-record conversation so he is feeling a little feisty so this is going to be a great conversation and speaking of feisty and spicy the ducks and the predators when they get together we had some there was a little bit of spice bubbling up with these two teams yeah. this season.
2: Yeah, think. <laughs> I mean, not as bad as other teams, but there was a little bit of spice. There has been spice between these two teams since the 2017 Western Conference Finals. Not that we can ever forget that. Yeah, thanks oh no. Lot.
0: We remember it too, don't worry. We remember yeah. it probably differently than you do.
2: <laughs> yeah, th- thanks for that by the way. <laughs> that yeah. that was that was fun.
0: So uh, we're talking about some of these end of the season NHL awards and Nashville does not have anybody in the Calder Cup or the Calder Trophy running, but we have been very interested in it. Nashville has a guy named Tanner Janot and for a while his name was kind of tossed in the Calder conversation in the end didn't work out for him. But one name that has consistently been mentioned that I want to talk to you about is Trevor Zegras. Now, this is, this is a young, oh my gosh, is that, (laughs) is that serial or an action figure? That's a bobblehead. Oh, amazing. (laughs) Yeah, this is an impressive young man who has had quite the rookie season. Um, Last season, he played 24 games for the Ducks came back in this season did his performance what what you were able to see of him last season did it set expectations for this season did you really catch glimpses of what he was capable of when you saw him briefly last season
2: okay okay when i saw him last season in person in san diego in the bubble Mm -hmm. i could see the work that he puts in he prepares like crazy and that's when I knew he was going to have at least a good season. Mm -hmm. The reason I didn't think he was going to have a spectacular season like he had is because of the current head coach, Dallas Eakins, who for some god-unknown reason got re... I mean, he's back for another year. I don't know why. Ducks fans don't know why, but that's another conversation. Mm. Trevor Zegris had a spectacular season, season in spite of Dallas Eakins. This is with... All the times that Trevor Zegris got unceremoniously benched during this season. Wow. He got benched. Actually, let, let's go back in time, shall we? Yeah, let's go back. First game of the season. He only played a few minutes. He got benched early in the season. Let's go back. Also, started the season. Oh, he got healthy scratched. Why did he get healthy scratched? Why, Coach Eakins? Did he? Oh, is, we're, we're, we're protecting him? Okay. Apparently, he was getting protected. Let's try this again. Oh, he got benched again. Trevor Zegers on a game. And I want to say this was early in the season where he got benched after scoring two goals. There were several fans there that were pissed off that he didn't get a chance to score a hat-trick. And this was a game against the Vancouver Canucks where he scored those two goals very quickly. Mm -hmm. And then he got benched pretty much the rest of the game because they're no, no, no. Trevor Zegers is fine. At least put on there for a few shifts. Give the fans what they want. Give them the chance to get a hat trick.
0: Energy. Nope. Like I love his vibe. This is somebody who obviously takes hockey very seriously, but he carries himself uh almost without that pressure. It it seems like he just functions so comfortably at the level he plays at and doesn't seem like he is wide-eyed in this league it doesn't seem like this has been a really hard adjustment year for him what is what is he like am I reading him right
2: you are he is one of the coolest characters out there and especially he looked the most comfortable when he was out there on the line with Ricard Raquel before the trade and his good buddy Sonny Milano
0: Oh, we know watching, him. Yes,
2: watching the chemistry between Sonny and Trevor was amazing. I mean, we go back to the Flying Zeagle, the one that set the world on fire. Yeah, and they were calling for that play. It's not just the cool, the coolness, but the chemistry as well, mm-hmm. and the chemistry with certain players like a Sonny Milano, and you could just see how comfortable he is, um, just with the offensive scheme that was put on with particular guys now it did kind of get a little bit lesser towards the end of the season when for some reason trevor zegris was on the line with Derek grant who i mean we, we like Derek grant but he's mm-hmm. not a first liner he's not a second liner. he's a fourth line guy yeah and trevor Ziegris did make him look good but there were several occasions towards the end of the season where trevor would have a pass right on the tape and what would grant do pretty much
0: nothing.
2: Also vanilla Terry. Now we love vanilla Terry in San Diego. Great San Diego goals player. Great. Yes. He tries to work hard, but he's not the same caliber as a Ricard Raquel, who's an all star or a Sonny Milano. But for the most part, Z is pretty much comfortable with wherever he can go because he's just terrific at creating offense and is one of the most imaginative players out there where he can turn a nothing Into a spectacular goal, or he could just be trapped behind the net and pull off a lacrosse goal. Not once, but
0: twice. Amazing. So when people think of Trevor Zegers, I think the first thing they do think of is the lacrosse goal. They think of him pairing up with Milano for that just incredible goal. What are some other things that stand out about him and his play this season to you when he's out on the ice?
2: I would say the. For for checking has been an improvement for Zgress. I think he's becoming more positionally aware, which which stands out to me. What mm-hmm. also stands out to me is just the work ethic that he's been putting in. He's not hot dogging out there. He prepares immensely mm-hmm. for those kind of moments. Uh, the stick handling that he does during practice, the stick handling that he does during warm-ups. I mean, this is. If you've been following Ziegler's for the past three four years, this is nothing new. Mm-hmm. But for the rest of the league, it's that preparedness. It's the focus. The focus that he has now, I think, is better than I've seen it, and even more so than his time at BU with the Terriers. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you mentioned uh, uh, the phrase kind of hot dogging. So we're gonna we're gonna touch on just a just a I'm sure a <sighs> topic that. You will love to expand on for us. So, there was an incident this season that we have to talk about involving Zegris, and the Ducks were playing the Coyotes, the Coyote broadcaster Tyson Nash. Um, made a comment after Zegers was cross-checked in front of the net. uh, And he said, that's the problem with these young players. You want to embarrass guys. You want to skill it up. You better be prepared to get punched in the mouth. Mm -hmm. So tell me, what was the response to that incident in Anaheim? I'm I'm curious.
2: They were angry. They were pissed. Tyson Nash, Became public enemy number one in Anaheim. And never mind that it was a 5 nothing game beating the Phoenix Coyotes.
1: I oh, got my wow. shot in
2: there. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get my shots in right now for Phoenix. I mean, that franchise has been abysmal all season long. Down in the cellar, losing 50-plus games. Yay. Look at how that reaction was. There were some fans saying, you know what? Yeah, Zegers is hot-dogging it. He is skilling it up. And that's where hockey fans kind of, for the most part, they were behind Zegers, but there were other fans that were behind Tyson Nash. And it almost, for a couple of days, kind of caused a divide between hockey fans. Yes. Because there were fans... Yeah, you remember that. Yes, 100%. I mean,
0: across the board, it wasn't just an Anaheim thing. I mean, across the board in hockey, it was... It was a whole thing,
2: yeah. Be honest, I, I, don't, I don't get it. Mm-mm. You have one of the faces of the league, someone that has tremendous skill. Trevor Zegers isn't hot dogging it. You know what he's trying to do? He's trying to score goals, he's trying yes. to win games. They were winning five to nothing, yeah. And then you and then it wasn't even like a large, like tap, it was a little tap, and the puck was loose on the post game on Valley Sports with Trevor did say the puck was loose. Mm -hmm. But that wasn't the worst part about it. The worst part about that whole thing was that there was a player that got injured. An all-star player that got injured and was out for a few games. Troy Terry got sucker-punched by Jay Beagle. So if you thought... I shouldn't say that. Jay Beagle was public enemy number one. Tyson Mm -hmm. was public enemy number two. (laughs) They were both just... Anaheim fans were ready to just get the pitchforks and fire and say, no, we're going to go after these guys. And to do that on the last time those two teams met, it is Bush league. Yes, It was one of the worst moments and brought out some of the worst for the hockey fans, something that I hate Mm -hmm. to see. And, you know, this was brought up on several articles that pointed out that, you know, disturbing that a guy was punished, you know, or scaling it up it was disturbing it was disturbing that Troy Terry got hurt it was disturbing that the analyst said that it was disturbing that there were other analysts not saying it outright but kind of taking the side of Nash
0: tell me what are some areas of his game that you think you're gonna he's going to improve in as he gets more experience as he gets a little bit older where do you think you're gonna see improvement
2: This is going to be a tough question all offseason because Mm -hmm. of the fact that Coach Dallas Eakins has been holding him back little by little. So there there is still kind of that fear. And that's kind of why I made that tongue in cheek joke last season that, oh, Zegers is going to regress. I mean, that was kind of said Mm -hmm. tongue in cheek. That was mostly in response to Dallas Eakins saying that, oh, I'm not sure if Zegers is going to make the like that was ridiculous. Wow. that, that Eakins even said that. Like, I thought it was unbelievable. No, Zgris belongs on the team, 100%. Yes.
0: 100%. Wow.
2: I think he can improve if he's paired up with the right guys.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: a lot of that's going to depend on off-season moves. I mean, the Ducks have $41 million in cap space this season. Who knows who he's going to play with next season? I mean, can you we imagine? Don't know. Wow. So, it depends on what GM Pat Verbeek does. Mm -hmm. It depends who he plays with. It depends if Eakins does the right thing and puts him back with Milano. Given the right personnel, I think he's capable of having an 80-point season next year. Wow. And maybe, just maybe, you ready for this? This might be like a spicy take, but if he is paired with the right personnel around him, he can have a 40-goal season.
0: Coming up, I'm going to ask JD the million dollar Calder Trophy question. But first, I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. So I love brownies. You all know that I'm a big chocolate fan, but one thing that I love more than brownies is the batter. Everybody remembers those childhood memories of licking the spatula when your mom was mixing up the brownies. Well, if you love brownie batter, I've got great news for you. Built Bar has a new creation and it is better than ever. The Brownie Batter Puff. You heard me right. This puff takes protein bars to a whole new level and they're available right now at built.com. With 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 7 grams of sugar, brownie batter puffs are the perfect pick-me-up for any day. All puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means that with Built, you can eat healthy, but you will enjoy doing it. And they're made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. The brownie batter puffs will have you completely forgetting that you are eating a protein bar go to built.com right now to get your brownie batter puffs when you're there use our promo code locked 15 to get 15 off your order that's promo code locked 15 for 15 off at built.com it isn't going to be tanner jenot for calder but will it be trevor zegris is trevor zegris going to win the calder this season
2: he should he should win the calder Yes. Will he? Let's see who he's up against. Mo Sider of the Red Wings, and another player that just blew was part of that team that blew a three-two series lead and lost another game seven in the first round, and lost a winner-take-all game for the fifth consecutive year. Who? Who's that I mean, team again?
0: Less.
2: Who? Who's that team again? Oh, it's the team that happens to reside in the. Hockey epicenter of the world, Toronto. Oh, bless their hearts. Misery. Michael, Michael Bunting might just win it because he's in the hockey epicenter of the world. Mm-hmm. Let's face it. Toronto, like the hockey world revolves around Toronto. Right. And he might win it based on that. I mean, yeah, he's 26 years old. I mean, never mind. He's an older rookie.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How so, do you feel about that? I'm curious about that. How do you feel about that?
2: I think there should be a certain limit on rookies, <laughs> just
0: age-wise. Yeah, yeah,
2: a little bit. Bunting is right in that area where I think maybe he shouldn't win it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that's. I'm just gonna leave it at that. I I think <laughs> he's a little old. I mean, oh, some people oh. said that about some people said that about Kaprizov. I mean, Kaprizov. Uh-huh was 24 last season and people thought okay like that's like kind of old but no whatever bunting's 26 he's 26 at a rookie it's got i mean i like the 24 under rule. i think Mm -hmm. that's fine kaprizov still would have won rookie of the year under those standards but 26 are you kidding me Mm -hmm. not so much
0: I have to, I'm just saying it's a little hitch in my giddy up to hear you call 26 old, but I'm, but I understand. We'll just keep it in context. Hockey old. old, That's right. All right. So we're going to keep our eye out on Trevor Zegers. We're going to keep our eye out on this Calder trophy. I would not be surprised if Zegers wins it, but we're going to have to wait and see. All right. Spicy JD, where can Locked On Predators fans find you and your podcast?
2: So you can find me on Twitter at StimpyJD. You could find the show on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks, where I called out a fan Ooh. For, for saying that AHL hockey doesn't belong in California. No, I I really got wow. into this person on the last podcast. So you can find the podcast. It's free and available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, etc., all that stuff. So just search for Locked on Anaheim Ducks. And look for the episode that says unhinged, because that last segment got me pissed off. I can't believe anyone has the audacity thinking that hockey doesn't work here in California. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? Hockey works here in California. Come on. I have the stats right here. Come on.
0: (laughs) Okay, everybody is going to make Locked on Anaheim Ducks their second listen of the day just to hear that. Just to hear that. (laughs) One of the awards Nashville Predators fans are most excited about is the Vesna after UC Soros played his way into being named a finalist. I sat down with Jay Foster, host of Locked on Blue Jackets and Network Goalie Guru, to talk about the three finalists and if Jay thinks Soros could bring home the Vesna. So I am joined now by Jay Foster. Jay is host of Locked on Blue Jackets, but also a goalie person. So Jay is the go-to for goalie questions, goalie analysis, goalie everything. So here we are. We're going to be talking about the Vesna with Jay. So Jay, thanks for taking time to come on.
1: Yeah, of course. Thank you for, thank you for having me. Uh, I, I think I said during the, the Olympics episodes for Lockdown NHL that I am always happy to talk about goalies, and uh, I mean it. They're they're my favorite. They're the best. Yep.
0: So let's start all the way back at the beginning of the season, You know, September, October 20, 2021. If you're looking at rosters across the NHL, who would you kind of, who did you eyeball as Possibly having a Vesna worthy season at the beginning of the season.
1: I mean, I've always liked Markstrom as a Mm -hmm. as a goalie. I think he has just a really a really uh, not fun style, but he plays like a really kind of compact and it's an easy style to play. Like he has Mm -hmm. kind of that Carey Price style of. Just doesn't look like he's trying very hard, but somehow nothing but to test him, you know? Yeah. Um, so he was kind of on my radar as maybe a sleeper pick. Um, I assumed that Igor Shisturkin was gonna be, if not nominated, then it was gonna be a travesty if he wasn't. Um, mm-hmm. because he's and we kind of we kind of saw it through the season of he's the only thing that kept that team afloat yes large parts of the season um that might be my hottest playoff take is that that is the, the rangers are a very very bad team with a world-class goaltender yeah um, you and know, it can make um, it
0: such a difference in the playoffs i mean sometimes yeah. that'll get you that'll get you far
1: yeah i mean look look at that that series where we don't have to get into like too much detail about it but like the new york rangers needed seven games to beat louis domingue he was the third third string goalie for Pittsburgh you know like they they should have had that series wrapped up in five or less but Mm -hmm. unfortunately the Rangers are just not not a not a great team you know like Chris Kreider scoring a bajillion goals aside but um and other and other kind of goalie things and this might be me being a homer this might be my my bias but obviously the off season was a time of great kind of stress and trauma for elvis muslikens you know he yes. lost lost his best friend and he talked a lot at the start of the season and kind of a training camp he's like i'm gonna win the vesna and i'm gonna win it for matisse uh. and honestly like the way he, he's played so far i think if elvis had been on a better team i think he would have he would have had much better stats because like the best will in the world, like a lot of goaltending stats are team stats. True. You know, there's no, it's it's so True. hard to like look at a goaltender and be like, well, this is, this number is how the performance is, you know? So I think if he's on a better team, he's definitely in conversations
0: for mm-hmm. Vesna. I don't
1: think he had a bad season. Uh, I think he was, inconsistent um and obviously it's kind of come out after the season that he was dealing with you know the trauma and the ptsd of you know losing losing his brother essentially you know losing his best friend so you know i think it makes sense that he didn't have the season that i think he wanted to but right at the start of the season he was gonna be my sleeper pick for vesna winner because Mm -hmm. Sometimes like if Elvis decides to do something, sometimes he just does it. Like yes. he's he's that kind of guy. So they were kind of my three three picks. Um I'm just running through goalies in my head uh to see if if there was anyone else. Um kind of on on the flip side, I did not expect Tristan Jari to be as good as he was he was this season. I yes, was- I would
0: agree with that
1: the Penguins had long stretches where they were not very good and he was putting up fantastic numbers. And so I was kind of surprised that he wasn't in the conversation mm-hmm. for the Vesna right at the end. I could very easily have seen him over Markstrom uh, mm-hmm. in the in the Vesna conversation. Um, but it was a weird season. A lot of the goalies that I thought were going to be good were not great. Yes. And then you've got some goalies like... Jonathan Quick apparently decided that he was gonna be 2012 Jonathan Quick again, you know. Um, and I kind of had this conversation on on Locked Kings where Sarah, the the host, was like, "Hey, what, what the heck? Why, why is Jonathan Quick good again? Because he hasn't been very good for a couple of seasons." And you know, there's a bunch of different reasons for it, but he was a real kind of surprise. Mm -hmm. For the LA Kings.
0: Coming up, Jay and I take a closer look at the three Vesna finalists. But first, want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. You can find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, major league baseball scores fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. So how do you evaluate what goaltender is best at his position. Jay and I tackle that topic, and we discuss whether Saros will be bringing the Vesna home to Smashville. So we have Jacob Markstrom from the Flames, Igor Shosturkin from the Rangers, and of course, Nashville's own UC Saros. Do you feel like they got it right with those three being the Vesna finalists at the end of the regular season?
1: Yeah, I think... Shusterkin and Cyrus definitely like I said a little bit earlier I I could have happily swapped uh, Tristan Jari out for Jacob Markstrom but I'm not I'm not mad at all that Mm -hmm. Markstrom is a nominee Um, and it uh, like we were talking about this off off mic uh, Mm -hmm. a little bit but it feels very much like we all know, I think, who is going to win this award. And it feels very much like, um, so we talked about Conor McDavid and the Heart. Right. As, you know, they had to pick two other nominees. And then it's the same <laughs> thing, uh, you know. It was Kirill Kaprizov and two other guys that got nominated. Yes. The, the Calder yeah. last season, you know. It, yes. it feels very much, very much like it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be as uh, unanimous as mm-hmm. the... Uh, the Calder or the Heart were last season, but I think there's a very, very clear front runner to, yes. uh, to this, and so the other two guys are kind of like very much like what, what, like, what was it you said? Like it's just it's we're just so nice happy new. to be.
0: It's an honor to be nominated. Yeah, like. <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's the Academy Award. It's just an honor to be nominated.
1: Yeah. Kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Okay, so the Vesna is described officially as the goaltender adjudged to be the best at his position. So what does that mean to you when you look for Vesna worthy finalists? What are you looking at?
1: Um, I mean, it's it's tough because I think a lot of people look at the best goal. And and this is something that I think there's been a problem with. Um, I won't name any kind of specific goaltending names because people get very angry at me when I have this this oh. opinion. But mm-hmm. it's very much, you know, show me a good goalie and I'll show you a good coach. You know, mm. the 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 Jack Adams almost always goes to the coach who has the best mm-hmm. goalie. You know, if if Gerard Gallant doesn't the Jack yeah. Adams, like, and yeah. he's going to win that on the back of Igor Shesterkin. You know, so it's not it's not quite as as um, hard to define as say I think the Norris for example oh yeah is really tough so
0: ambiguous
1: yeah because what 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 is good defense you know mm-hmm. is it the defenseman that scores the most points which is kind right. of how it's been the last few years and I don't necessarily agree but it's a lot easier to kind of quantify well this guy is is a good goalie. I think it's easier to point out what is a good goalie as opposed to what makes a good defenseman because defense is such a like a nebulous term, especially yes. in the NHL. So this is a very kind of long, <laughs> is a very kind of long winded and and winding winding answer to say. I think to me, the Vesna goes to the the goalie who is who best, is the best at his position, and I don't necessarily think that is you know the the goaltender with the most wins. Um, or the goaltender with the best save percentage because Mm -hmm. I think you have to take into account things like quality of competition things like quality of of teammate you know Um, yes and so and I think it also comes into account of you know there was I would have been um curious to see if Markstrom had been uh not exempt what's the word i i would have been i wouldn't have been surprised if markstrom hadn't made it because he played much more of a tandem role this season than i True. expected dan vladar played a lot of games in calgary this mm-hmm. season and i do wonder if that's why um freddie anderson in carolina also didn't get the nod because he played it was very much a tandem situation with him and anti ranta mm-hmm. so it, then it becomes really tough like well so and so had the, the best numbers, but he also only played 40 games. You know, so does right, right. Is he good because he scored, or is he just good because he didn't play as many games as, you know, yes. the other guys? Like, I think, I, I assume Andre Vasilevsky led the led goalies in all games played this season. I should have looked this up before. <laughs> yes, and
0: Saros was second. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, no, uh, you no know, Hellebuck. Into... I'm,
0: I'm wrong. Connor Hellebug. Had the most yes. games. Yep. Had the yep. most games, but Saros was right there. I mean, we really did not have, Oh, it's a whole conversation, but mm, Nashville yeah. really did not have a tandem situation. So, and it's interesting to me because there are so many factors like you're talking about games played. Um, you know, you look at UC Saros. one of the stats uh, is that he faced the most shots in the NHL. well, That, I mean, that's a factor in being a good goaltender, you know, quantity, but part of that is a more of a reflection, I think, on the defensive performance in front of him. You know what I mean? Like, you can really look at these, you know, some of these statistics and weigh them very differently. It's it's very ambiguous.
1: Yeah, definitely. Which is why, and like, I I know just enough about advanced stats to make me dangerous, but even like... (laughs) With the best will in the world, I don't think the Professional Hockey Writers Association is going to be voting on who had the best, like, goals saved above average, expected, mm-hmm. or whatever, you know? Right. Um, so, you, it, to me, it kind of comes down to, okay, wins, save percentage, goals allowed against. To mm-hmm. me, two of those are not goalie stats. I don't think wins should count as a goalie stat. Um True. Because it's, it's a team thing, you know, you you can have teams that win despite their goaltending. Goals allowed against, I don't necessarily think is a goalie stat either, because like you just said, Cyrus faced the most goal, mm-hmm. the most shots in yes. the NHL. So stands to reason that he probably doesn't have a super great goals mm-hmm. allowed against average. Again, I don't have the, the numbers in front of me, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, I know Elvis finished, Elvis finished the season with, I want to say, like a 906, for example, Yes. save percentage, and his goals allowed against was somewhere up in the threes.
0: You, If you just look at straight numbers, it's difficult to tell the story of yeah. a game, let alone a season, when it comes to something as nuanced as goaltending. And it's you know it's a part of defensive stats it's a part of how much offense you know offensive possession time does your team have like there's so much that goes into it that it it becomes interesting to me the process of picking you know not this year but the process of picking a vesna finalist because it is a little bit ambiguous. You know, there's not just cut and dry criteria for it. So it's a little bit eye test. It's a little bit statistics. It's a little bit weigh the team. You know, it's it's not cut and dry. But now I'm going to make you make it cut and dry, though. See, after saying all that, forget everything I just said, we have Shisterkin, we have Markstrom, we have Soros. Forget the fact you're talking to the lockdown predators host. That's okay. We're going to excuse that. Who is going to win the Vesna and why?
1: I mean, I think it's like we said. It it has to be, it has to be Igor Shestirkin. Um, okay. he's my he's actually my pick for the Hart Trophy as well. I know I Austin totally Matthews see scored that. like a bajillion goals this season and is the best mm-hmm. Leaf that's ever existed. And I, in any other year, I could see Austin Matthews having a case, but for me for a goalie to be as dominant as Igor Shostakhin has been, to mm-hmm. have a goalie as good as he's been. And by the way, how unfair is it that the New York Rangers have basically gone from Henrik, Lund- Henrik Lundqvist, who oh my is gosh. probably a top 10 goalie of all time, mm-hmm. to Igor Shostakhin without even anywhere anything in the middle? Like, yes. there was no... It, well, they went straight from one to the other. That seems unfair, personally.
0: <laughs> Spread the <laughs> wealth.
1: But, um, and like you said, it, it's... I don't have like a concrete, this is why Igor Shostakhin should win the goal, win the Vesna apart from, he just, it's a little bit eye test. Every Mm -hmm. time you just watch him play and he just looks, he is very much like, it reminds me of Carey Price when he was at his very, very best or like McLean quest when he was at his very, very best. It's hard to look at a goalie and be like, well, they're successful because they're doing, this because there's so many different types of of goaltending. There's so many different styles. Like every goalie is is different, you know. Right. But every time I watch can play, he just—I don't know what it is. He just—he feels like a game breaker in the mm-hmm. best way. Obviously, his numbers are out of this world good, and I think also to his advantage is the fact that without him, the Rangers are a lottery team. Yes, in my opinion. Yes. You know, we can talk about Chris Kreider scoring 50 goals. Um, you know, we can talk about Adam Fox being maybe the best young defenseman in, mm-hmm. in the league. You know, you can, uh, Avs fans can argue with me all they want about Adam Fox versus Kayla but I think Oh gosh, was,
0: don't I mean, go there. <laughs> just take it from me, having to yeah, finish a series quickly with them. I don't the, yeah, I don't, I don't have
1: of the day to, to have that debate, <laughs> you know. But, you know, you can say, yeah, okay, the Rangers have these two things. But mm-hmm. I think without Adam Fox, the Rangers are in the same place that they are right now. Without Chris Kreider, I think the Rangers are in the same place that they are now. Without Igor Shesterkin, I don't think they make the playoffs. Mm-mm. I think they're a yes. 10 team in the league. And to me, that is, you know, like Saros, obviously the Preds did not have the best postseason experience <laughs> in the world nope 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 put it lightly you know we've nope. all we've all been victims of the Colorado Avalanche it's fine oh um, yeah but to me the Preds are more or less what they are with or without Saros I think Saros helped
0: mm-hmm. I, I would think- agree yeah
1: I think the preds had other pieces. Obviously Roman Yossi was mm-hmm. phenomenal this year. Um you know and so that helped. They had other pieces that I think if you plug in essentially a goalie who is above re- just above replacement like mm-hmm. I feel like you put um god let's let's pick a goalie at random. I feel like if you put Darcy Kemper on the preds for example mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i feel like you'd have more or less the same result right if you put basically any other goalie on the rangers
0: it's a, a whole different outcome
1: it's a whole different story you know yes. i think even if you put a saros or a markstrom or a tristan jari or mm-hmm. you know i'm gonna you know what i'm gonna come out and say it i don't rate andrei vasilevsky as a as a goalie, I think he's a top 10 goalie in this league, but I don't think he's the perennial Vesna candidate that Tampa Bay fans seem to think he is. But even yeah. if you put a guy like him on New York, I don't think the story is the same. And so I think to me, Shostokin is the Rangers this season. Mm. He has been the Rangers this season. And so it feels like, you know, the, the how do you how do you look at the performance that he's given? And then look at you—you you know, either UC Saros or Jacob Markstrom, both of whom had excellent seasons. They're not in the same. They're not in the same. Mm-hmm. Team, you know, I, I do want to, to preface this to all the Locks on Preds fans. <laughs> um, I love UC Saros. You do
0: That, that is true. You do
1: phenomenal. Yeah, um, I think. And again, talk about locking out a goaltending, going from Pecarina to straight to UC Saros is just a real. Like, it's it's so, so lucky for this yes. team. Or, you yes. know, it, it speaks volumes to the goaltending development of this team. Um, in the same way that, you know, the Penguins kind of walked from Marc-Andre Fleury to Matt Murray to Tristan Jarry, You right. know, so, yeah. sometimes teams just have good goaltending development. And I think the Preds is, is one of those teams. Um, and in literally any other year, again, I feel like, We'd be having this conversation. I'd be like, yeah, UC Saros. UC UC Saros is going to win a Vesna in his career.
0: Well, Jay, thank you so much for coming on, sharing your goalie insight with us. Tell the Locked on Predators listeners where they can find you, your podcast, and catch up with you online.
1: Uh, yeah, so I can't in good conscience recommend paying attention to the Columbus Blue Jackets because I love <laughs> them dearly, <but> they are <laughs> they are my horrible, my horrible children. Um, however, if you would like to, I am uh, over at LO underscore Blue Jackets on Twitter. Locked on Blue Jackets is on YouTube. We are everywhere you can get Locked on Predators. So if you want to come and stop by for more goalie talk, we're going to be having a lot of it. Uh, or if you would like some more kind of general hockey talk, or um, I don't know, dog pictures, Star Wars opinions, weird food takes. Uh, you can find that all at underscore Jacob Foster, uh, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R on Twitter.
0: I wanna thank both JD and Jay for joining me today to talk Calder and Vezna. Now I wanna hear your thoughts. Do you think that Zerus is going to win the Calder? Did Tanner Geno's last 10 games cost him a chance to be a finalist? Will UC see Soros pull an upset over Shisterkin? Let me know in the comments or on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Ann K underscore Mama on Ice. And you can find the podcast there at LO underscore Predators. And we are on YouTube as well. You can check us out there. Like and subscribe for your daily Predators content. And some arguments once in a while between Nick and I about things like Willy Wonka and Wayne Gretzky records. On tomorrow's show, we will share the details of David Poyle and John Hines' media availability and what we can take away from what they share. We're also going to take a look at the Norris and Ted Lindsay Awards. Could Roman Yossi bring home both of them? Thank you for making Locked on Predators your first listen of the day. Now go check out J.D. or J. for your second listen at Locked on Anaheim Ducks and Locked on Blue Jackets. Have a great day, everyone.